Well, the song says that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. But how many of you would say it's also kind of stressful from time to time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, it's just us. It's Christmas season. This is church. It's Sunday morning. Great place to confess. How many of you would be honest enough to admit from time to time you need an attitude adjustment? Yeah. Come on, how many of you are sitting next to someone who really needs an attitude adjustment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. both arms and a leg up back there. I see you. Yeah, 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 no, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I want to I talk about that today. Um, you know, it, in this series, we've been talking about how Christmas changes everything. And as I was going through some of the Christmas stories, it hit me, uh, kind of a thought that I'd never really thought before. And it's in looking at the story of Mary and Joseph and how Christmas can change our perspective. Life doesn't always go the way we expect it's going to go. Amen? And in the midst of that, sometimes we forget that God is still at work, and we need God to do something in us to see things differently. There's, there's a great quote I came across from Mary, Mary Angelou, uh, or Maya Angelou. Rita says, you can tell a lot about a person by the way they handle three things, a rainy day, lost luggage, and tangled Christmas lights. And there's so much truth to that. And it all has to do with perspective. Now, when we think of the Christmas story and we read the stories of Mary and Joseph and, and we see the angels coming to Mary and to Joseph and telling them the incredible news, uh, you know, you're going to give birth to the Son of God and he's going to be the Savior of the world and all of these stuff. You know, we, we read that and there's so much mystery and majesty, majesty in it and, and it's so exciting to us. But have you ever thought about what it had to be like to be Mary and Joseph getting that news? I mean, Mary was a, a young teenage girl. She's engaged to this guy named Joseph. And the angel comes and says, you know, you're going to have a baby. And Mary's like, what? Uh, I've never been with a man. And she goes, oh, the most high is going to overshadow you. And the baby you're going to give birth to is going to be the son of God. Now, if, if you're Mary, what's going through your head? How am I going to explain this? How am I going to tell Joseph this? How am I going to, how am I going to tell my mother this? You know, and, and, you, and you can just begin to imagine all of the stress and anxiety that she was going through. And of course, when Joseph gets the news, you know, and Mary's like, you know, the angel told me this baby is going to be born as of God. And Joseph's like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know. And uh, again, of course, he's going, to, he's going to divorce her. You know, he's going to do it quietly. He's not going to embarrass her, but he's going to get out of there. And of course, if you read the story, the angel comes to Joseph and says, no, dude, you know, stay. She's, to be, she's telling the truth. God is with her, and, and you're going to be a part of this story. And, and you can imagine Mary and Joseph, you know, talking together about these angels coming and explaining all of this. And probably what they're saying is, angels, couldn't you go to my in-laws' house and tell them too? You know, I mean, I mean, they're not going to believe it. There's all of this stuff that happened. We think of it as such an incredible story because we're looking back on the story. They were walking through it. And when I was thinking about that, as I was reading that, I was thinking, you know, God, you know, so many of us are going through things in our own lives and on our own journeys that we need you to change our perspectives as well. And, and I want to take just a few moments this morning 
and just talk about, so what are the perspectives that God could give us that might help us through this time? Are you ready? Let, let me give you a few thoughts this morning. Here's the first one. Think this about this with me. Christmas changes our perspective of what it means to be blessed. It changes our perspective of what it means to be blessed. The angel came in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 28, passage of Scripture. Read it out loud with me. It says, the angel came to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now circle that word blessed. Blessed are you among women. Now, you can imagine from Mary's perspective, blessed is probably not the word that first came to her mind when all of this happened. I mean, when you, when you, when you say to someone, man, I've just been blessed, what, what are you talking about? You know, you're talking about, you know, I got great news from the doctor or, you know, I got a, got a promotion at work or, or I got a new car or something good. You know, you're, you're thinking blessed, but what if, what if blessed looked like something totally different? than that. Think about this with me. Sometimes you have to trade the way you think to really understand what blessed means. And what does that look like? Well, let me give you a few. One, it's trading the approval of people for the applause of heaven. It's trading the approval of people, the applause of heaven. Mary and Joseph, excuse me, they were human just like you and I. And some of their first thoughts had to be, how is our family going to deal with this? And quite frankly, probably from a first century perspective, they didn't deal with it very well. And they had to make a decision. What's more important to me? The applause of the people around me, the approval of family and close friends, or is it truly going to be finding favor with God? Look at me, just hear my heart. Every once in a while, God calls on us to, to take a step of faith that may not look like what the rest of the world thinks we ought to be doing. And every once in a while, we have to choose, am I going to make people happy or am I going to make God happy? That's what it means to be blessed. It means trading our plans for God's purposes. Blessed means trading our plans for God's purposes. Now, for those of you who have walked the journey of faith for a while, how many of you have discovered that every once in a while God's plans really aren't the plans you had in mind? Have, have, you, have, you, have you discovered that? Yeah. In fact, what I've discovered is that whenever I go right at life full bore with my plans, uh, things don't work out the way that I think they have. You know, if I, especially if I'm ignoring God, and just saying, you know, feeling the nudge from God and to do it this way. And I would know I'm, I'm sure I need to do it that way. And, and if I go right at it, just take my, you know, make my plans and I'm going to do what, what I want to do, that ends up badly. Had a great picture of that this, this last week when I read this story. I thought, oh, this is exactly what so many of us do. There was a, a guy, and it was funny because in the article, they described him as a senior adult in Arizona. And I thought, I'm going to take offense to that because I am a senior adult now. But it said a, a senior adult in, in Arizona came, pulled up to a railroad crossing and decided that he just didn't want to wait in traffic like everybody else. He thought he was going to be quick enough on the accelerator that he could get around traffic and get through the, the crossing guards before the train came. He was wrong. 
And so he zoomed around traffic and he, got, he, he made it to the tracks, but the train hit him. Throw, throw that picture up on the screen. There's his car. He made a plan. It did not work out so well. Throw that next picture up. And what's interesting in the story, you can see they actually had to, the rescuers actually had to cut the roof of his car off in order to get him out of the vehicle. Now, he survived. He was hurt, and they did take him to the hospital, and he was banged up pretty good and, and still there. Uh, but he did, he did survive the accident. And, and, when, I, and I, when I was reading this, I'm thinking, isn't this exactly what we do? We say, you know, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to ignore the rules. I'm going to ignore what God's saying. I'm just going to zoom out and take off, and boom. You know, dead end doesn't work out so well. What's really, what's really hilarious in the story is that this happened in a little community right outside of Phoenix called Surprise, Arizona. Well, it was a surprise to him. Don't miss this. But it wasn't a surprise to God. Look at me. God has plans and purposes that we're not always aware of. And sometimes when God invites us to be a part of what he's doing, we don't always see the end. And every once in a while, we have to take a step of faith, which requires us to do this. I have to give up my plans to embrace the purposes of God. Mary and Joseph, when this first began, they caught glimpses of what God was doing. But I promise you, they had no idea all that was going to happen as God worked out his plan for their life. They had to surrender those plans for the purposes of the Lord. And thirdly, it's the trading of earthly security for eternal significance. It's the trading of earthly security for eternal significance. Again, think with me. When Mary and Joseph embraced this plan of God, it meant that they were going to sever ties with a lot of people. Uh, they, they weren't going to be welcomed in some places. They weren't going to be welcomed by some of their family. And it meant they're going to have to try to do this out on their own. And it, was, it had to be a, a scary adventure. But do you remember what the, the angel had promised them? That what you are going to do is going to impact this world. This, this one who is going to be born of you, his name will be Jesus. Because he will save his people from the sin. In other words, do we walk away from this life that we know? Do we walk away from the covering of mom and dad and family? Do we, do we walk away from the things that are known to, to take this journey? Yet they did, and here we are still talking about them 2,000 years later. Every once in a while, every once in a while, God may ask you to make a trade that's a little bit uncomfortable. And that trade is giving up something that's really familiar and sure to take a step into something that may not have a lot of earthly security to it, but it may have a huge impact in eternity. You know, that was, that was the journey that God invited Abram to way back in Genesis chapter 12 when the Lord spoke to Abram and he said, you know what, I want you to, I want you to leave your father's family. I want you to take your family and I, I want you to leave everything familiar behind and I want you to go to a place I'm going to show you. In other words, a place you've never been before, but a place that I'm going to show you. And what did he say to Abram? I put this on your outline. He goes, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. Read it with me, church. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. That's why I put this statement on your outline. What if, what if being blessed has nothing to do with what you have, 
but instead it has to do with who has you. Sometimes God takes things <clears throat> and he uses them in ways that we couldn't even begin to imagine. Um, I read a, a blog last week from a woman who um, had grown up in Ohio, back where I'm from. And she, she said, when I was in eighth grade growing up in Ohio, she said there was a, a girl that rode the same school bus that I did, and she had a, a terrible accident. That one day as we were heading to school, she was running to the bus because she was running late. and She didn't want to miss it. And she slipped on the ice as she got close to the bus, and she slid underneath and the rear wheels of the bus ran over her legs and crushed them. That she was paralyzed from the waist down. And she goes, I, I, I went to see her. And she goes, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that this friend of mine, who was only 13 years old, that her, that her life was over. She says, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine what the rest of her life would be like. Um, not having her legs and just, you know, and having to, have, having to depend on other people to get around. And, and she goes, I just, I just walked down this trail. She goes, I, it was just so dark and, and dreary to me. So I just couldn't believe someone would, would have a life like that. And she goes, I never, I never knew how this would come back to me. And she goes, and I, eventually I grew up and I got married and I moved to Florida. And she said, in three years, uh, three years ago, she goes, my oldest son, was hit by a car while he was riding his bike. He was thrown 90 feet. He landed on his head and he su suffered a severe brain injury. That he was semi-comatose and they, they moved him to a uh, rehabilitation center. Because one day I was sitting in my son's room and the phone rang and she said it, it had been just a really, really hard, long day. And she said it was the social worker from the rehab center there in Florida. And she said, she was asking me how things were going. And she said, I just, I just choked up and I started sobbing and I couldn't even talk. And she said, the, the social worker listened for a minute as I cried and then finally just simply hung up the phone. And she goes, and I sat in a room and cried by myself. She goes, a short time later, she goes, there was this beautiful woman in a wheelchair who rolled into my son's room and she had a box of tissue with her. It was the social worker. And she said, as she rolled up to me, handed me the tissue, and she goes, I, I wiped my eyes, and I thanked her. She goes, I looked into her face, and I couldn't believe it. After all of these years, I still recognized her. This was my 13-year-old friend who had been hit by the bus and left paralyzed. And she said, I, I looked at her, and she goes, she didn't know who I was. And she said, I looked at her, and I said, Helen. It's me. And she said, we looked at each other, and our eyes just got big. And she said, we just embraced and started sobbing. And she said, Helen said, as, as she began to go through her, her rehab and, and learn how to navigate again, she said she was just determined that somehow God was going to use this for good. And she said, she, I, here I, in my mind, she goes, I thought she'd never have a life and, you know, and be destitute all of her life. And here she grew up, she got married, she had kids, and she became a social worker in order to come alongside other people who had struggled like her. God took something that this woman thought was a death sentence and turned it into something amazing and beautiful. That's God giving significance to our circumstances. Can I give you another one? Christmas changes our perspective of life's detours. Christmas changes our perspectives 
of life's detours. Come on, some of you are road rage people like me. How many of you be honest enough to admit you hate detours? Anybody? I hate detours. I hate when I get there and the road closed. No, now I got to go out. You know, you never know. And you go off because now you know you're not. You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know where you're going to end up. You don't know how it's going to get there. And I don't like that. And I don't like that in life. But you know what I've discovered? Every once in a while, as I'm cruising along, you know, me and God, and we got it all together, and we're doing our thing, all of a sudden, God's like, road closed. And I'm like, what? I want you to go this way. I, I wasn't planning on going that way. I've got stuff now. No, no, no. Take this route. And I was thinking about that as I, as I was reading again the story of Mary and Joseph, thinking about this was, this was not a road they chose to be on. You know, this was not a road that they had in mind. And yet, look at me, I want you to hear this. Sometimes detours are really good for us. What I can tell you is maybe you're on a road like that. Maybe you're going through a place that you hadn't planned on, but for some reason God and his sovereignty has you on. Here's what I want you to know. God is with you on whatever road you're traveling. He goes before us and he comes behind us. And he will work in the midst of your circumstances. In fact, I love one of my favorite passages is from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Read it out loud with me, church. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, God works. And he goes, Steve, why in the world would God put me in a detour? I'm glad you asked. A couple reasons. One, Sometimes we just need to slow down. Sometimes detours are just meant to slow us down. Life gets busy. Things happen fast. And sometimes we can find ourselves zooming along and we don't even know why we're running so hard. There was a, a great story in the news right in September, right after, actually it was in August when, when school began. And uh, there was a, a young man named DeAndre in back down in Florida who was uh, heading to the University of Florida for his first day of classes. He was a physics major and he was running late and he got on the, he got on the interstate and he was flying. And when the police pulled him over, he was going 116 miles an hour. Um, so the cop comes up to the car, and he says, you know, <laughs> why are you going so fast? And uh, the kid says, I'm late. It's my first day of class. I, I can't believe I'm late. And the cop says, well, you're going to be a little bit later now. And so he, you know, just wrote him, wrote him out a citation. It took like 15 or 20 minutes, you know, to finally get it done. The kid got back on. And of course, he tried to pay attention to the speed limit all the rest of the way. And he finally got to class, and he, and he thought, well, maybe, maybe it, no, nobody will notice. And he got there, and the door was locked. And he found out that the class had been canceled. All of that rush, all of that money he was going to pay for a ticket, all of that hurry, and you know what? It didn't even happen. Just, I just want you to hear my heart with this. Sometimes in the journey of life, every once in a while, God has to slow us down. Sometimes we're going so fast, we're not listening to him. Sometimes we're going so fast, we're not seeing the things he wants us to see. Sometimes we're so bent on getting to where we're going, we're not really paying attention and doing the things what God wants us 
to do. And every once in a while, I know you don't like it, I don't like it, but every once in a while, God gives us a detour just to slow us down so we will pay attention to him. Another reason that we we find ourselves in, in detours is sometimes detours teach us really invaluable lessons. Sometimes detours teach us really invaluable lessons. There's a a little sentence in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. It's uh, toward the end after the shepherds have gone to see Mary and Joseph and the baby. And it says, and they, they were amazed that everything was just like the angels told them. And then they, they went away. You remember that they went away and they were praising God and all that. But there's a little sentence in there that says, but Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. This is so cool. You see, Mary was paying attention. She was making mental notes of, of what was happening. You see, this, this detour that she was on, it wasn't, it wasn't what she had planned, and it wasn't necessarily where she wanted to be, but at the same time, there were things that she would learn, and so she kept it in her head. She treasured it in her heart. Here's what I want to tell you. There, there are a lot of lessons along the way in life that the only way we can learn them are going through difficult times. Some of you have been, have lived long enough to understand this. Sometimes the most important lessons, the most powerful lessons that we learn are, are, are not in great, wonderful moments, but in very troubling and trying moments. Um, I, I, read a, I read a little poem thing that I thought was so good. Throw that up on the screen for me. That I walked a mile with pleasure and she chatted all the way but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow and narrow words, said she, but oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. Truth. Sometimes detours lead us to divine destinations. Sometimes detours lead us to divine destinations. All of these places that they went, that Mary and Joseph went, a a, a stable, the shepherds fleeing to Egypt, all all of that storyline that you read, it, it wasn't where they had planned on going, but they were the places God needed them to go. And all I want to say to you is, is sometimes, sometimes we get mad at God and we curse the detours we have to take. But sometimes those are the only way God can get us to the roads that we need to be on. Can I give you one more? Christmas changes our perspective about the power of grace. Christmas changes our perspective about the power of grace. Again, Luke chapter 1 and verse 30. Read it with me. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Now, circle that word favor. It's it's a word that's also translated as grace. Now, when when we think of grace, we, we often think of grace that God gives us in relationship to being forgiven of our sins, and that's a great part of grace. Uh, The Bible says that no matter who we are, where we've been, or what we've done, the moment we come to a place of honest admitting that before the Lord and asking for his forgiveness, 
God will forgive us of all that we've done. In fact, Paul says, if any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. The old is gone, and behold, all things become new. And if that's the kind of grace you need this morning, that's what the story of Christmas was all about. God came to forgive you of your past and give you a bright and glorious future. And I hope, I hope you embrace that grace, but don't miss this. But that part of grace is only the first step of grace. You see, one of the things that we learn is that God gives us grace all along the way. This first step of grace is not the only grace that we're going to need. We're going to need a whole lot more. Think about, again, the story of Mary and Joseph for a second. You know, it wasn't just that, that when she talked about finding favor, Mary and Joseph were going to need grace as they dealt with their family. They, they were going to need grace to make this really tough trip to Bethlehem while Mary was very, very pregnant. They would need grace when they got there because there wasn't any room for them anywhere, and yet God opened the door for them to have a stable. And he said, well, gosh, the king of kings was born in a barn, yes, but at least they weren't out on the street. God gave them a place for the baby to be born. And then we find that not only the shepherds coming, but we find the wise men coming. And you remember what the wise men brought with them? Gifts. What were the gifts? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we read that and we go, that's so cool. Yeah, but think about this. It would only be a short time later when they would get the news again in a dream that Herod the king was going to kill all of the babies and they were going to flee to Egypt. What, what were they going to do? Well, how, how could they do that? What money would they have? Well, they would have what the wise men had given them, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They, they had commodities that they could use to, to provide for a life. And they did, what, where did that come from? It all came from the grace of God. And that grace is for us. Not just to be forgiven. That's a wonderful piece of grace. But I'm, I'm going to suggest that probably some of us need a little more grace than that. We need God's grace today. God's grace to help us in our home. God's grace to help us through a difficult time. God's grace to help us through this financial difficulty we find ourselves in. God's grace to bring healing and wholeness to a relationship that's going to I don't know where you might need more of God's grace, but here's the great news for Christmas. That grace is still available. I love what the Hebrew writer says, Hebrews 4, 16. Read it with me, church. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. When we need it the most. I love that little phrase is a, is a, is a Greek idiom that literally means in the nick of time. <laughs> And if that's where you're at today, God's grace is available to you. Would you do something for me? Would you just bow your head and close your eyes for a second? And in a moment, I, I just want to pray for us. But can I pray for you? Are, are you walking through a difficult place right now? Are, are you in a place where you need the grace of God to minister to you and to help you through it? Are you dealing with some things where you need the strength of God? You need the wisdom of God. You need the grace of God. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, before I pray, anybody want to be just honest?
enough just to slip up a hand and say, Pastor, as you pray, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, lots of us. Lord, how we thank you today that you, you don't give us big burdens or big challenges and then just walk away. You are Emmanuel, God with us. You, you gave a, a really big assignment to Mary and Joseph, an assignment that had to be absolutely overwhelming to them. But you didn't just leave them with it, Lord. You walked with them through it all the way. Lord, we need that today. Father, I, I have no doubt that there are some of us this morning that that need your grace for the forgiveness of sins, that need you to forgive us of our past, help us to start anew. And wherever that individual is, Lord, no matter who they are, would you wrap your arms of grace around them? Would you let them know that it doesn't matter where they've been, doesn't matter what they've done, doesn't matter how long they've been there, your grace is greater than all of their sins. Well, there are others of us that we, we need your grace in very specific ways. Grace that will give us courage. Grace that will give us wisdom. Grace that will guide us through some really difficult waters that we have to navigate. Grace that will provide for us things that we simply don't have. And so, Lord, today, I pray, meet us here. Change our perspective. Help us to see this world and see this life through your eyes. Remind us today that you would never leave us or forsake us, that just as you were then, you are now our Emmanuel. We love you so much, Lord. And it's in your precious name that we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen.